Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Kick and chase by Mullen. Kick and chase again by Mullen. Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Punters Pod, where we work to wet your wagering whistle so you walk wonderfully into the winner's warehouse. Jimmy Buckley with you on this Wednesday, September the 28th, just four sleeps away from a huge NRL grand final between the perpetually proficient Penrith Panthers and the proudly propitious Parramatta Reels. It's the Battle of the West, the dream decider for the NRL. And joining me here in the Punters Pod Playroom is the ever-popular preambler, the worldly and wonderfully well-informed Simon Dinopoulos. Welcome, mate. Surely you're running out of intros. (laughs) Actually, this week was easy because it was P's and W's. Penrith and Parramatta and the the Battle of the Wild West of Sydney. What a grand final. They've, They've probably landed with their absolute dream scenario here, the NRL. Two bitter rivals uh, who have never actually met in an NRL grand final. Penrith have made it to the decider for a third straight year. Parramatta have not been here since 2009. And they're looking to end that 36-year premiership drought, which stretches back to 1986 when the likes of Peter Sterling, Brett Kenny, Ray Price, Eric Groth, Mick Cronin and so forth were running around. Tell you what, they'd walk into this team. They'd probably go, yeah, you'd probably get a few of them in there. I reckon you could squeeze a couple. Now, with Neds, Penrith $1.38 favourites, Parramatta $3.05. No real surprises there. The line here is 8.5 points and the over-unders is 38.5 points. What's your early take here, mate? All I'm hoping this week is that it's not a disappointment because anyone who loves their sport had to walk away last Saturday very disappointed. The AFL Grand Final was a no-show. The Wallabies got pumped and the Penrith South game was a bit of a bore, to be honest. Hoping... The grand final will be better this weekend. My one concern is I feel Parramatta's win over the Cowboys was their grand final. It was very similar to us when we beat Melbourne. Mitchell Moses missed the birth of his daughter. They got the rub of the green. All the luck went their way. They've beaten Penrith twice this year, but it's hard to see them doing it on Sunday. You've probably been on Weather Watch all week for the Epsom on Saturday. Where do we sit at the moment with all of this rain that's been falling up around the Sydney region and, and further north? Well, that's a concern for playing the game at ANZ, is it's an ice rink generally, and there is plenty of rain. 60 mils, I believe, is due in Sydney by Friday. So if you're doing your form for the races, it's swamp. <laughs> so fire burn in the flight is going to be in it up to eyeballs swimming over the Randwick Mile, but... In terms of how the game changes complexion, I'd say it suits Penrith. I think they're a better drilled side and they're just going to grind Parramatta into the ground. If it is wet and the speed is taken out of the game, you'd imagine they're just going to wear them down and take them through the middle, which won't be easy. Parramatta have a really strong forward pack, but I think Happy Coruscant showed last week. He's certainly the X factor for them. It was a different team when he came on the field. You wouldn't want to be... Uh Wonga Blake underneath a Nathan Cleary highball this weekend, would you? Well, if you're Parramatta, surely you've paid Matt Burton to come down to training all week and just put him up into next week. 
catch these Wonga Blake. I actually went down the park with my brother on the weekend because I felt sorry for Wonga Blake. I mean, how hard is it to catch a few of these bombs? And I went down, my brother can kick him a fair way. He's got a leg on him and it's not that easy. So I felt a bit sorry for Wonga Blake, but he's playing first rate. I'm not. And if Mitchell Moses hasn't been torping him at him all week, surely uh, that's going to be Penrith's main game plan. That changed the game last week. It's pretty disappointing, really, that that's what Penrith have. It's clear he's torpedo bomb or the floater, and that's what turned the South game last weekend. So come on, Wonga, just catch a few, brother. That That is a fascinating sidearm to this grand final because, to be honest with you, I mean, it's something that I think Cleary has exponentially improved this year. He's always had it in the locker, but it just seems to me more and more towards the back end of this season, Penrith have been using it mm. purely because it is almost impossible to defuse, really, if he gets it right. Well, the funny thing is, is so Nathan Cleary had an absolute field day with Wonga Blake. We played them next week and didn't do it once. You get a blueprint and then you don't want to use it. So Wonga Blake knows it's coming. That's the funniest thing. He knows what's coming and it won't help. He knows Cleary's going to be bombing to him all, all night. And if it's wet and Cleary nails a few, it's good luck, Wonga Black. <laughs> the big news around selection this week is Brad Arthur's decision to bring Nathan Brown back into the fold. He's going to wear the number 14 and come off the bench, maybe even start. He hasn't played since round 17 in the NRL, having seemingly fallen out of favour with the coach, although Brad Arthur's been pretty quick to dismiss that as rubbish this week. He takes the place of Bryce Cartwright, uh, who will not be lining up against his old team. Jake Arthur retains his place, the son of the coach. They still look a fairly balanced team, Parramatta. Penrith, as always, look just superb on paper, and uh, they tend to go pretty well on grass as well. You've got the racing and sports ratings handy there, Simon. What are they telling us? Well, firstly, on the Nathan Brown situation... Got to be happy for him to make the team. No one has thrown themselves at other players the last few seasons like Nathan Brown has. He's missed a back fence. And I'd say none more deserving to get a spot in the grand final. Jake Arthur, on the other hand, lol. I thought that all went out in under sevens. I can't believe it's still a thing. A professional team and his son's on the bench. It's a joke. But very happy to see Nathan Brown back in the side. Spencer Lenu can't remember the game against South Sydney but somehow has passed the protocols to play. It's interesting to see if he continues to pass those concussion protocols later in the week. So the bench is a few questionable selections for both sides, I would think. But this will surprise most, I would imagine. So with the player ratings, we actually have Parramatta favourite. Now, when you're working with any model, you do like to get different answers to the market because if you keep getting the market, well, you're not going to make money. So it is what you want to achieve. The reason why Parramatta have a higher player rating than Penrith is Clint Gutherson, Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown. They're more influential players in their team than what Penrith have. So Penrith have a better team across the park, but Mitchell Moses, Clint Gutherson and Dylan Brown, if they play well or they need to play well for Parramatta to win. And that's why their ratings are higher, whereas Penrith essentially spread the points more across the park than what Parramatta do. Moses Gutherson and Brown will definitely need to all play incredibly well for Parramatta to win this game. My concern is even if they do play out of their skin, the best games of their life, it may not be good enough. 
Not if Nathan Cleary's right boot is working. <laughs> the key factor here is that this is Penrith's third grand final in a row. We touched on it at the top. This is Parramatta's first in 13 years. Now, when they made the grand final in 2009, they were almost dead last halfway through that season, and they went on an incredible Jared Hayne-inspired run all the way to the grand final. They were well beaten, I think it's fair to say, by Melbourne. They scored a couple late, threatened to come back through, but, but the Storm were too good, unsurprisingly, given they were paying their players more than anyone else that season. 2001, Parramatta finish on top. I think they lose four games all season. They come into the grand final against Newcastle as raging hot favourites on the cusp of breaking a 15-year premiership drought, and they... Absolutely shat the bed. They were down 24 nil at half time. I think shat the bed's a bit harsh. <laughs> Andrew Johns went super saiyan, as did Ben Kennedy, and I don't think it mattered which team you put on the park that night, they were not going to win. And Joey has subsequently said many, many times that he saw the fear in Parramatta's eyes due to that weight of expectation, and that allowed Newcastle to just come out and, uh, and have fun. No one expected them to win that game going in. They were able to come out and play their natural game, whereas the Eels were paralysed. You know, and it was, uh, oh, geez. I mean, we can even go back a little bit further than that. They lost three prelim finals in a row, two of which they led by 16 points. One against the Bulldogs. Oh. That was the best. Yeah. Is that when Craig Polamana kicked the field goal from 40 oh, out? The best or? field goal that never was. Yeah, that's right. Just, just snuck under the crossbar. Yeah. Jeez, he hit that well. Yeah. But anyway, I guess the point I'm making is that, and I know this is a completely new team now, a completely new side, a different coach who certainly has a lot to prove with a different bunch of players, but those question marks do remain in the big games, and this is uh, the biggest game of all, really. Well, the big question is, is Brad Arthur going to wear a hoodie? <laughs> in professional sport, he will be the only coach I've ever seen that continues to wear a hoodie. Yeah, although I reckon Tony Pulis used to do it for Stoke City back in the day, in the day. with a baseball cap. <laughs> oh, sensational. Right, so the ratings, as you say, uh, are making a case for Parramatta based on the strength of their big three. Yep. Moses Brown and Gutherson. But you do counter that, I think, very well by saying that Penrith are so well spread across that park. I mean, you look at that starting 13. There's no weakness at all. No, I think the thing is Parramatta need their three to play really, really well whereas Penrith can afford to have a few players have an off night and still win, where if either of those three don't play well, they have no chance. Are you saying that Jerome Luai could go missing and Penrith could still win this game? Well, I don't know if you saw the 2001 grand final, but Sean Rudder didn't do much. (laughs) And I don't think Jerome Luai needs to either. Sean Rudder with a bit of flair, old Jerome Luai. With Parramatta, this is it for them in terms of the window. So they lose Reid Marnie and... Isaiah Papali'i after this season, they can't win the comp after this, I would think. He's been on fire for them on the edge. And they get Josh Hodgson next year, but he's only got one leg. So I think they know deep down this is their last sort of crack at winning a comp. They've beaten Penrith twice. So the funny thing for Parramatta is that they would believe they can beat them because they've done it. Not many teams, if any, in the NRL could actually honestly look you in the eye and say, we can beat them. So they've got that in their favour. And as everyone likes to say, anything can happen on grand final day. And South were up 12-0. If they don't drop the ball, the two late tries to Penrith enough, they would have gone in 12-0. And Penrith were starting to get shaky. So it's not as if Penrith blew South off the park early. 
So if Parramatta can get in front and survive the grind, they probably can beat Penrith. And the, everyone hates Penrith. If you're not a Penrith supporter, I feel like you do hate Penrith. Everyone's going to be cheering for Parramatta, the neutral. I'll be surprised if anyone's cheering for Penrith. So then, given all of that, that eight and a half point start looks fairly healthy. It's a big line in a grand final. I was very keen to back Parramatta with the same line when they met in the semis, first game. And if Mitchell Moses didn't get knocked out, I reckon you collect there. So, as mentioned, with it's like horses running ratings. They just need to win the race. They're not about running a rating. And so covering the line, they're not out there to cover the line. They just need to win. They win by a point. They win by two points. They don't care. So eight and a half in a grand final, that's got to be a massive line. When they have beaten them, and we're saying on player ratings, there's actually not that much between the two sides. Parramatta plus eight and a half. I think I'm going to have to throw in the under 30, 38 and a half points there at $1.90 as well. I think six of the last eight NRL grand finals have gone under the points and, and quite comfortably on a lot of those occasions. And if that rain is around, I mean, it's going to be... A, Brad Bishop and I said this last week ahead of the AFL grand final that it was going to be a grind and they blew that open in about 10 minutes. I really do believe it this time around. Just given all of those factors, you know, potentially wet weather, it's Parramatta versus Penrith. Parra's beaten them twice. Penrith are the defending champions. There's so much expectation here on Parramatta. The crowd's going to be definitely in their favour, I would have thought. It's going to be incredible atmosphere. I just reckon under 38.5 points is not a bad way to play this. Yep. A couple of other markets that I think we should have a look Come at. Come on, where here. have you gone? You found me something, surely. Well, I did, and I'll get that. I'll get to that in a moment. But first, try scorer markets. Now, I'll just rip through this quickly. But Brian To'o, seven dollars fifty with Neds to score the first try. Charlie Staines, nine dollars and seventy-five cents. Then Micah Sevo, the former Gundagai Tiger, ten dollars and fifty cents. Uh, Isaac Targo, twelve fifty. Stephen Crichton, twelve fifty. Uh, good bit of value there. Dylan Edwards, fourteen dollars. Viliami Kikau, $14. Wonga Blake, $15. Uh, and it goes on from there. Is there anything that catches your eye there, Simon? I reckon you want to go up the middle. If it is going to be a grind, it is going to be wet. I think you want to look around the ruck. Appy Corusau is probably not a bad shout, I think. If he starts, we'll find out what happens on grand final day. But I reckon on the fringes, your Viliami Kikau, Sean Lane, I think that's where points will come early in the game. I reckon the way Penrith defends so well on their line, I can't see the Parramatta wingers getting over. And Parramatta, similarly, are sort of up and in. So I'd like to think if there is going to be gaps, it's going to be sort of through the middle is where they're likely to go. On the try scorers, and this is the the one little thing that did tickle my fancy, certainly looking at this from a Parramatta winning the game perspective, was uh, this particular bet on Ned's. Micah Sivo and Wonga Blake to score two or more tries combined, paying $4.20. We know that Blake can fire up against his old side. We know that Sivo can find the try line. I reckon that might give you a little bit of a run for your money, although it does fly in the face of what you just said. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> that that's all right. That's all right. That's only one scenario. Yeah. I tend to think that if Parramatta do win this game, those guys are probably going to need to play well, yep. and probably going to they're, going to they're going to need to find a way to score out wide. I think. I still think Penrith's defence up the middle is too good, pretty solid. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not entirely sure Parramatta have the strike to take advantage of that. Certainly in that middle third of the field, 
Clive Churchill medal winner. This was taken out by Nathan Cleary last year. He's a $2.75 favourite to win this medal, which is prohibitive almost. Dylan Edwards, $7.50. Mitchell Moses, $10 as your first Parramatta player. Isaiah Yo, $11. Always very, very popular in this market. Clint Gutherson, $15. Appy Corusow, $15. Luke Prittis won this medal in 2003 from Dummy Half for Penrith. And then Luai, your mate, $21, Dylan Brown, $21, and then kick out $21, Sean Lane, $21, and it goes on from there. Sean Lane, $21. <laughs> oh, that's a 200 to 1. <laughs> we can definitely put the red pen through most of these. I mean, traditionally that speaking. Mark, that market is horrendous. Well, I mean, Nathan Cleary, $2.75. It really, if Penrith win the game, it's going to be off the back of Nathan Cleary, as it was last year. So I guess it's sort of, what do you think's more likely? Penrith to win 13 plus, which is 235, or Penrith to win and Nathan Cleary win the Clive Churchill? Probably. That's a tricky one because you do get the better value with uh, Nathan Cleary to win the Clive Churchill, don't you? Oh, to be honest with you, I'd probably rather take Cleary to win the Clive Churchill than take 13 plus, especially if it is, as expected, going to be a bit of a low-scoring grind. I can't see – I don't think Parramatta will get blown out. Even in that first week of the finals when Moses went down, Parramatta's heads went down, they still stayed in the game. They didn't completely drop their bundle. It's not like Penrith ran in six or seven tries that night. So I don't think Penrith will win this 13+. plus. So to answer your question, I'd take the 275 about Cleary to win the middle. Yeah, I reckon that's not bad. If you're a Penrith fan, that's the best bet you can have on the grand final. Cleary 275. If you win, you'd be pretty surprised if Nathan Cleary hasn't had a major hand in nearly all of it. In terms of Parramatta, if you're a Parramatta fan, $10 Mitchell Moses to win Clive Churchill. That's your value. For them to win 1-12, to 12, it's $4.10. 13 plus is nine fifty. I'd say Mitchell Moses is far more likely to win the Clive Churchill than Parramatta win 13 plus. I would definitely agree with that. And I think what you could do there, if you are keen to play Parramatta to win this game, is definitely take the $10 about Mitchell Moses. Maybe have a little something on Dylan Brown at $21. I think he's capable of yep. of coming out and actually playing a big hand in the grand final. And then $26 about Reed Marnie. Why not? Throw a few in. You're getting a good price about all three of those players. That's probably the way to play it, yep. rather than just backing Parramatta to win this game or even taking him with the start. There's some... There's some pretty good value there due to Nathan Cleary's domination of that market. Yep. I think that's everything, Simon. So just to recap on all of that, Parramatta plus eight and a half should give you a pretty good run. That's where we lean as far as the handicap line goes. And then under 38 and a half total match points is probably the way to play that there. Nathan Cleary, $2.75 to win the Clive Churchill. I think that probably happens in... uh, Almost 50% of scenarios, to be honest with you, at mm. least. But if you want to play the other side of that coin, Mitchell Moses, $10 to win a Clive Churchill. Dylan Brown, $21. And Reed Marnie, $26. Before we go, Simon, and a game I am really looking forward to, actually. How good's the NRL women's, by the way? Mate, it's fantastic. It's a brilliant competition. It's what NRL was before Melbourne Storm put it to sleep with the wrestle. That is 100% true. Two girls in a tackle. They play it. They spread the ball. It's just fantastic to watch. Newcastle Knights here, a dollar forty-five favourites. Parramatta, 
$2.75. They'll be playing in front of a pretty vocal crowd, I would have thought. The line here is bang on six points. $1.90, take your pick. Either way, just a quick tip from you, Simon. How do we play this one? Newcastle are absolute morals. No, that line is wrong. Parramatta only won one of the five games during the regular season. They somehow beat the Roosters last week, who were heavy favourites. They got the Gillaroo centers in the Roosters, but Parramatta just were too good. Newcastle's team, the fullback, Tamika Upton, gun. Kira Dib at 5'8", gun. And then Millie Boyle, who's the reason why Adam Elliott is going to Newcastle, which breaks our hearts, Raiders supporters. Very good player. Those three, they're the players to watch. If you haven't watched any of the women's rugby league this year, the fullback for Newcastle is actually a freak. She carved them up in the semi last week and expected to do it again on the weekend. So six and a half, that's not big enough. I'll be back in Newcastle 13 plus, build a bit of a bank, and then I'm going to be cheering for Parramatta in the big one. Build a bank in the NRL Women's Grand Final with Newcastle. And then we go in uh, with a bit of a war chest into the big one. I think I might actually be in the corner of Parramatta too, Simon. Who would cheer for Penrith? (laughs) Thank you very much for coming in again, mate. Let's go, those mighty eels. We'll be back in the studio on Friday with Ken Rutherford to preview the round ball game over in the UK. Until then, happy punting.